to Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Blacklight Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. All right, Terrence, thank you for coming on the Black Light Mass Incarceration Show to share your story with us. There's so many uh, people that are incarcerated on long, unjust sentences that don't deserve those sentences. So, yeah, without further ado, I will let Terrence tell the audience his story. Hello, everybody. I appreciate y'all listening. My name is Terrence. I've been incarcerated for the last 24 years. At the age of 17, I was given a a turn to add up to 51 to 66 years uh, for a crime that I didn't partake in, or a crime that uh, I was present before it happened that I didn't uh, commit any acts against the witnesses or the victims. And, um, and as I said, at age 17, this crime happened. I've been incarcerated since then. I'm in my early 40s now. Throughout this whole time, it's just been a struggle, it's just fighting just trying to get my case heard about uh, just speaking about the injustice of uh, a sentence like mine. And even the laws have, have began to change in my favor, it's still the struggle and the battle is still trying to get my sentences redone. Whereas the reason I was locked up for two charges, I had an armed robbery, an attempted armed robbery and an armed robbery charge. Uh, when I didn't take a plea and cooperate with prosecutors for a 10 year sentence, I was additionally charged with five more charges that only my co-defendant had. And uh, I was then taking a trial and given what they call a boss car sentences, sentences ran consecutive. And through this trial penalty and plus the sentences that I received, you know, it makes it almost a life sentence. As getting a 50 to 50 year sentence as a 17 year old teenager, that's a life sentence. De facto life sentence. So, mm-hmm. at this time, I say I've just been fighting, trying to get my story heard, and just letting people see not just my case, the injustice of my sentencing, but many more sentences across the country, across our own state, right here in North Carolina. Tell me how it is to be locked up as a 17 year old and then have to grow in prison into a man. The first thing I would say is it's a blur because you never get a chance for your brain to really mature into an adult. And you never wrap your mind around your sentence. You just basically, if you would say, how do you do a 50 year sentence? I would tell you, you don't do a 50 year sentence. It's just one day at a time. And then coming in as a kid, it's just like, it's a blur. You constantly trying to focus on what's right there in front of you in that day, and you never get an opportunity to have dreams or to think about your 18th birthday, your 21st birthday, uh, college graduation. You never really get to have those type of dreams or those type of visions because all you can see is prison bars and the sentence that they made in front of you, and you go through your 20s and your 30s, now 40s, and you still no closer daylight, still only halfway through the sentence that they gave me if I was had to serve the whole time, I wouldn't even be halfway through it yet. So 
just having to go into a child, into a man, is just like a blur because you never, you can never plan for nothing, you can never expect nothing. And like I say, you just have to do it one day at a time without giving up. We remain faithful, hoping that you'll, hoping that you'll take and get to the, to the right lawyer, hoping that you get the right back and the right support to be able to uh, have this opportunity that I'm having now. So you kind of just live every day and just hold out hope in the back of your mind that eventually something changes. Right. And you never really get to grow up. No, I mean, because prison is not somewhere that you can grow, especially coming in as a yeah. child. And then I couldn't imagine, you know, how you felt being in a courtroom and they're they giving you that long sentence, especially by it not being so it wasn't concurrent. They had you basically had to serve each individual sentence. Yes, each I have because I didn't take the plea, I was given five more additional charges and that made a total of seven. So I had to really finish one sentence at a time and before I could move on to the next one. Wow. And this is what I want the audience to understand, because this goes on. You were in Forsyth County, and we know Forsyth County is very racist. Um, my husband was in Guilford County, which is another racist county. And that's what they tend to do. They yeah. they like to box cart you. They like to what we call trial penalty is if you decline the plea. Um, they kind of want to make you suffer. And even sometimes when they offer you a plea, the plea is not even agreeable. Um, like my husband was offered a plea for 25 to 32 years, but the person that actually committed the crime only got, one got 17, the other one got 22 years total, um, and the other two got probation or did a year or two. So it's just, it's awful how many black men are incarcerated on an unjust sentence for what? They actually they took your life away from you. You yeah. were 17. You were a child. Um, I'm sure you, you know, had plans to do other things in life, and that was brought to a halt, yeah. you know, by you being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. But just coming of age and after the time that I've been, you know, you never accept the time. You accept life as what has been given to you, but you never accept that time of and it's, you know, quite naturally you have your, your struggles in the beginning where you're angry, you're disappointed, and you're fighting through the appeals and different motions through the courts. That's like a roller coaster. That's going up and down. But you, you learn to deal with it. You learn to deal with life, and you learn to just take your mistakes in life and learn from the better yourself. But then when you see, like in my case, the main victim is you just look at two charges that I received, uh, attempted murder and another shooting charge, and a robbery charge. It's one individual, the same individual in the same county, in the same city, uh, a white female teenager, 19 years old, killed the same individual that I got the majority of my time for, nearly 30 years for. She killed him, and she gets a murder charge, but she received 12 years for killing the same person that I received 24 years for attempted murder. So when you start when that when wow. you start to see things like that, and now you realize, hold up, it, it has to be some injustices in my case. Mm -hmm. If I can get twice as much for attempted murder and a white female can get half of that, 
or murder of the same individual, there has to be some type of injustice in the courtroom when it comes to sentencing black males, whether it's a plea we offer or the threat of more charges after we offer the plea or the sentences that we receive in trial. So, you know, that's a direct, that's a direct line right there where you can see that clearly. clearly. And when that happens, that, when that happened, when I said, well, dang, I ain't even halfway through my sentence, and here it is, the one individual that can speak the truth about my situation, about the night of my crime, is murdered and left in the house and found three days later, and the person that killed him is about to be released from prison in the coming, in the coming year, mm-hmm. and I'm only halfway through my, and I didn't halfway through my sentence. Like it don't it don't add up. It don't it don't add up. Sense. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I we I, listen. I feel you. I know what you're going through, and that's not, that happens a lot in North Carolina. It's not even, yeah. It's not even at one point you couldn't even see it, but now it's like it's not even here. When you see some of these chances that giving out to the younger black males and giving out to the rest of the population, it does not fit. No, but we know why they do it, though, because we know that prison has always been modern-day slavery, um, and it's just a new way to keep mm-hmm. black and brown people under the slave, you know, under slavery. It's, it's yeah, just what it is. Yeah. Like, I want you to tell the audience how you begin your fight and what made you say, uh-uh, I'm not, I'm not about to sit down and, and take this time, and it's unjust. So share that with us. Okay, all right. How you doing, Black Light listeners? This is Jay Cobb from the Black Light Master Cross Show. This is a history fact for the day. Americans became the laborers of the promised land. And flocking here from all over the world, the white workers completed with black slaves brought over here with new floods and farmers and with growing exploitation until they fought slavery to save democracy then lost democracy in a new ambassador slavery, winning of the Union War with 200,000 slaves. That is a historical fact for the country. It's like my fate, like being in prison ain't my fate like this. It's just a stopping point in my life. It's not my fate. It's just, it's just somewhere I've been at for a while, and uh, eventually I know in my heart that I'm going to be set free. And this is going to be behind me. So that's kind of and just my faith in itself is my belief in God. That's kind of what always led me to this fight from the start, just uh, wanting to just clear my name from the crime altogether, not that I didn't have anything to do with. And uh, like I say, it's been an up and down struggle and uh, just dealing with the courts, battling with the courts, and, and not not just being a young teenager, but just not knowing the court system at all, or having a guide, or having someone trying to sit down and show you or teach you what you really gonna have to go through and deal with. Mm-hmm. Like it get it comes times where you kind of you kind of get weak, not wanting to give up, but you kind of just get frustrated in the whole system itself. Mm-hmm. And when you see how that design is set up, you get and that's part of the system. Designed to get you frustrated 
you make me want to shave the hell with this and just throw your hands up and, and, and leave it. But each time that I did get frustrated, I want to throw my hands up. I might step away from it, but I come right back to it. Because at the end of the day, like I say, no one wants to, or they take to be uh, prison. I don't want this. I, this is not what I want to see the entirety of my life. So, and that, I just uh, always kept fighting. Right, right. And that's what you got to do. You got to keep the fight because they will. That's what they want you to do. They want you yeah. to just give up so they can keep you in there and yeah. keep making money off of you. Um, so I know that your day will be coming, yeah. that you will be free. So what do you, what are your plans on, or what do you have planned when you do become free? Um, the number one thing is just spending time with my mother. Cause my mom been here from day one, and my mom went through another situation with her other, with her other child, my older brother. My older brother was missing for uh, 16 years, and just last year they found his remains in the lake by where we grew up at. So. Uh, Okay. My main thing is just spending time with my mother and um, my other family members, my aunt, my uncle, the ones that helped raise me, the ones that have always been in my corner that had belief in me from the start, always to the things to see me through, the ones that have been there supporting me. That's my main thing. That's my main focus, just spending time with them. Once I get time spent with them, then I get back into the groove of life. That's what I want to do is uh, figure out what it is that that I, that I kind of like, because the whole world really been changed from what I know it as. So I want to figure out what I like, then try to enroll in, in the community college, some type of schooling, and uh, just work on work on getting the school and do a little work on the side, do some working on the side until I really latch on what I what I want to do in life. So the main thing is just finish, just figuring things out, and then I go from there. Right. Yeah. And that's important. I'm thankful that your mom is still living because there's a lot of people who lose loved ones being incarcerated, especially for a crime that they did not commit. I hope that you do get to spend time with your mom um, before anything happens, because that's important. I'm very glad that, you know, you are sharing your story and that you didn't stop fighting because there there are a lot of people that do stop. They just give up. They don't want to fight anymore because they feel like nobody cares. And I see it every day, and it's so easy to get caught up in all type of other extracurricular activities in here versus sitting down and, and, and trying to find agencies, organizations, and, and people that's doing some of the same things that y'all are doing at your office. But it's just designed for either you to get in here right away or come in here and get out and get four, five, six opportunities to come back in here, right? So it's kind of like you, you got to ask yourself as a person, like, is this what I want? Whether you got a short sentence or a long sentence, an unjust or a fair sentence, you got to just ask yourself, like, is this what I want? And if it's not what you want, each day you got to work towards bettering yourself and aiming towards getting out of here, whether that be through the courts or whether that be through waiting on a release date or whatever, it's just one day at a time betterment, betterment. Just keep bettering yourself. And if you keep things to better yourself and, and fight for getting out, eventually things are going to line and come together. Yeah, that's true. 
So I know you were telling me earlier that, you know, you've been locked up since 2000 and technology has taken over the world since you have been incarcerated. So explain to me how difficult, was it difficult for you to use the tablet when y'all first got them because, you know, you wasn't used to that kind of technology? I had literally, I had to literally get, I couldn't even turn it on. I had to literally get taught like a, like, like you would teach it. Well, you probably wouldn't have to teach a kid now to automatically know, but everything from how to turn it on, how to turn it up, like, I never had nothing where you could swipe, where you could swipe the movement. So even the computer programming they give us, you know, you don't have no technology with that. You don't have no internet or anything. You just basically get a keyboard. And so I had to literally be taught everything when we got the tablet. It's a lot of stuff that I still don't know how to operate, but I just choose to just deal with the basis of, of what I need or what I like. Recreation and, and, and use it that, but I still have guys to say, Yeah, show me this, or how I do this, or take me to this. So it's still a learning process, and I had it now probably about nine to ten months at the camp doing that. Right. When you come home, do you think that, I mean, because we're just technology driven with everything, everything's touch screens and, you know, debit cards, and you can order yeah. everything offline. Do you feel like you're going to have a problem with that, or? Um, does it kind of put? Does it kind of scare you a little bit to come out in a world that is totally different decades later? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of intimidating. It's kind of intimidating because you don't know what to expect, what to expect, and also because it's so much unknown, it's so much unknown that and you could get caught in like even in here, even in here, like. They got two uh, big flat screen TVs, and I, I get the remote, and I'd be hesitant to mess with the remote because they got a thousand buttons on it. <laughs> so it could be intimidating. So I, I rather not deal with it. Get somebody else. Hey, come turn this to this social channel for me. So then the, that's just a remote control. So now person phones and things like that. It's like. I know I'm going to have to deal with it, but at the same time, I'm probably trying to just keep stuff as simple as I can. Right. Let it access me what I need and keep it as simple as I can. So let me ask you this. Do you think that prison should offer more education and just helping people to understand technology, even if they have a long period of time to... To serve because you never know when you're coming home. You never know when you're gonna get that breakthrough. So it's like they feel like that you have this time that you're gonna do all that time, and so they don't have to do anything with you until you hit your minimums. And so, do you think that having more classes that are technology driven and show you how to live outside before minimums would help? Yeah, yes, definitely, definitely. Because, like I said, it's designed designed for you to. Waste your life away, right away in here, or go from injury to society back in here before you know you're gonna get four or five days before they give you a chance to take the seat. But, like, in my situation, with the chance that I have, the majority of classes that could be productive, like you say, you never know when a person may get out, but mm-hmm. you gotta have under seven years or under five years to take certain classes. So, 
anything geared towards that, like uh, working with your hands, like welding or HVAC, you have to have under a set amount of time to take these courses. Whereas here it is with the government cooking with executive order 208 concerning the juvenile sentence and giving us a chance to petition to get uh, an early release. I could easily have taken that and took advantage of that welding class or that HVAC class and take it to the street with me, but because of the experience that I have, I can't participate in those courses. Right. So, the way they have the gear is like a lot of classes that would be helpful to you, you can't take until you're about to go home by your sentence release date, where the person with a lot of time is able to be out early. You couldn't even have took advantage of the class that was in here. Whereas the class should be offered to everyone. And as far as the technology class, like, no for, no more further than just a regular keyboard, and basic keyboard class. That's the most advanced that I've seen during my time on the crossroads. So even with technology, they still have never introduced no progress. It's 2023. They just get tablets. Right. Two thousand twenty two. So, you know, I know a lot of other states already probably been had the capital and stuff. Yeah. Georgia, Virginia, so, yeah. We're 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 behind, way behind. Yeah, exactly. yeah I agree. Um I they think they definitely that need more programs. They definitely do. And I think they, they definitely need a lot of more technological programs because I mean, the world out here is ran by technology and I have seen some states that has partnered with, like, I think Google that can come in and, you know, have classes and teach y'all how to use technology. And because sometimes that could be a job. Like, you know, there's a lot of people in cybersecurity. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you yeah. never know. Exactly. But, yeah, they definitely need more, more kinds of courses because, like I said, it's what you do with your time, man. Even with myself, even as actions, whether it be the TV, the games, uh, the drug, it's a lot of distraction that will get you off course and being focused on better yourself or working towards getting out of prison. So you definitely need classes to better yourself and just to give you uh, a routine to do something with your child because a lot of guys think it's cool now not to have a job or not to go to school. Like it's cool to just sit around the dorm all day. That's not cool if you're not sitting around being productive. You're not sitting around writing or working on your case. But a, a lot of guys ain't gotten that mindset. So if they feel that it's cool to sit around the dorm all day, and certain administration is not going to up and try to offer no classes, if, if that's not what we're pushing for. Exactly. So we have to keep ourselves motivated, motivated towards being ourselves also and not be dependent on the prisoner if there's an opportunity for us to build ourselves. That is, that's, that is so true. That is so true. Well, Terrence, we're coming up on our last few minutes. Is there anything else that you want the audience to know? This, this thread is, is, is me, my story, move by everything I said. My name is Terrence Smith. Just tell a friend or tell someone else about my story. Just continue to spread the message. Continue to Spread the message, fight, and never giving up until until they free the gate for us all. I know that's right, Terrence. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate you. And um, uh, I, keep uh, in touch. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you, Artie. Y'all have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.